Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a great week. It's been very hectic here in DC with, you know, the smoke uh, from the wildfires and then the indictment of a former president. There's just there's a lot happening. It's hashtag it's all happening, you know, and to happen the, the same week as the third part of the Vanderpump Rules reunion. Man, <laughs> It's just a lot to handle. Well, I'm so excited for my guest this week. I have Kelly Williams. You guys know her as Laguna Biatch on Instagram and on Twitter. She is so funny, and we have a great conversation about the Vanderpump Rules, like the ending of the reunion. We talk some summer house, and then we end up having this conversation I didn't expect about fame and blinds and blind item culture. And it's really interesting. I think you guys are really going to like it. But before we get into that, I wanted to share my thoughts on the shows that we don't get a chance to recap. So starting with the OC, oh my goodness, it's back. I actually enjoyed watching the episode. I really, really appreciate them breaking the fourth wall. They don't have to do it a ton, but just acknowledging the fact that Tamara was fired from the show and it led to a fallout between her and Shannon. And that's actually why it's so awkward between them. I also appreciate that Heather is alluding to the fact that Gina stopped talking to her after filming wrapped. And now that cameras are up again, now they're friends. And she thought that Gina was her real friend, not just someone who's a friend on the show. And these are exactly the kinds of things that I think Bravo and production need to be doing to keep our interest because they are real and they are authentic. And we don't want to see these manufactured stories. We want to know what's actually happening in these people's lives. And because they are on a show, acknowledging they're on a show every so often um, is helpful to keeping that show going. And I firmly, firmly believe that. So here for the season, going to get much more in-depth in The Real Housewives of Orange County next week. Then we've got Atlanta. Oh, my goodness. For those of you with small children, you probably remember that the fall, at least in the United States, was um, a triple-demic of the flu, COVID, and RSV. And I feel like these illnesses are hitting all of the women on Atlanta. You've got Drew and Kenya seeking medical care for having the flu. And, you know, just a PSA, PSA to get your flu shot. I mean, it doesn't always work, and you'll sometimes get the flu, but hopefully you would stay out of the hospital like Kenya was in. I'm really sad we didn't get to see her perform at the halftime. In general, I'm not really enjoying this season of Atlanta, and I just think that the group isn't cohesive and they just don't like each other at all. Like there's nothing tying them together. And I think while I enjoy watching Marlo on my TV, I do think that she is part of the problem because she crosses lines like over and over and over again. And she says things 
that you can't really come back from, such as disclosing some information that Kenya had never shared about um, her fertility journey and, you know, stuff that she's said and everything with Candy and now trying to tie Candy to her nephew's death as if just because her nephew happened to work for one of Candy's restaurants at one point in time that Candy somehow operates a business that attracts murderers. It's absolutely insane. And watching Marlo kick Kenya's door while Brooklyn was sleeping, like honestly, like some sort of demon. (laughs) It was just like, it's too much. I don't know. And it's like, we want to see people work through conflict, but the keys work through. And I just think with someone like Marlo, it's almost impossible to work through. But hey, I'm on record thinking that it was like impossible for Lindsay and Danielle to work through stuff, for Carl and Kyle to work through stuff. But we saw that, you know, things are getting worked through, especially with Kyle and Carl. And um, we talk about that with Kelly, though. So I'm not going to get into um, Summer House too much. I will say, though, that we do have a discussion about Corey Kiefer and his liking of transphobic posts. And I did share with her kind of my thoughts on that. And just after we finished um, recording, not only was Trump indicted, so I feel like every time I record a podcast, he's like indicted. And I, it's always when I'm recording a podcast that I find out after. Um, but Um, Corey shared uh, on his Instagram story a story that Sam posted on her Instagram story about a bakery that was raising money during Pride for an LGBTQ nonprofit. And I'm telling you, I think things are changing with him. And um, that's all I'll say. I I stand by um, how what I've said. And um, other people are obviously uh, free to have their own conclusions and feel differently than me. That's obviously totally fine. Um, One thing I did not mention with the OC that I do want to bring up is just like some of the messy divorces that are happening in real time that are adjacent to the Real Housewives of Atlanta and the Real Housewives of Orange County, starting with Atlanta, Kim and Croy. Oh, my goodness. He's accusing her of cheating. They have no money left. They have so many children. It's a disaster. Um, Then we've got David Bedore. Shannon's ex-husband and his most recent wife (laughs) after her, and both of them are claiming domestic violence against the other. And that is very, very messy and very dark. Uh, But I will say, and I've said this before, that when Vicky or Tamara, I can't remember who on uh, like season 10 or 11 of OC said that the police were called to David and Shannon's house because of some sort of altercation. I've always believed that to be true, um, allegedly true. And I would not be shocked if there was violence in David's other relationship. Um, And that's really dangerous. And speaking of dangerous, I am definitely worried for Teresa Judice because the stuff coming out about Louie, like we knew that, you know, there's a lot of smoke and where there's smoke, there's often fire. There's a lot of smoke with him. But the stories that are coming out about the Real Housewives of New Jersey uh, during the reunion 
are so dark. I mean, my God, this is supposed to be a TV show that we watch for fun. And yeah, there's drama and it can be real and it can be tough, but it's not supposed to be threatening and scary. And hearing that Margaret's child was called at their place of work. This person is anonymous, does not want to be famous. Margaret never mentions them by their name or even most of the time their gender. Um, And I'm just at a loss that they could get a call at work and that not just Margaret's kid, but like all of them seem to be getting these phone calls and the calls look like they're coming from someone else on the cast. But when they answer, it's something totally different. And that is terrifying, including calls to numbers that are private, such as business phone lines, landlines, also like who has a landline these days. But all of it is just so dark. And I don't know about you guys, but I just... I get no joy out of watching Teresa and Melissa go after each other. And it was like a tit for tat. Andy couldn't moderate. They're just going back and forth, wanting to have the last word. It's exhausting. I was on my phone scrolling. I'm not bought into this anymore. And I stand by that I would actually like to see both of them not on next season. And let's see what else we have going on or make them friends of or something like that. We'll see how desperate they are to still be on TV. And, you know, I I don't know. I'm just disgusted by all of it. It's like, come on. And then the fans, and we'll be talking about this at a future episode, but people just get so obsessed with like one side or another side. And they're trying to dig up all this, this dirt and proof. And it's like, I don't know. They both are at fault. I think like I, they, they, every single person, like specifically in my opinion, Joe Gorga and Teresa Judice, the two siblings, they should work things out between themselves and involving Melissa and involving Louie is not helping at all. And I'm starting to like go back to where I was, you know, used to be more team Melissa, um, just because it seems like Teresa has always had it out for her and has always assumed the worst with Melissa and assumed that she had bad intentions. And uh, when that happens, there's like not you can't like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, like you look for it because you think it's there. And it's it's gross. Um, and it's not fun. But what is fun is Summer House Mount Vernon. For those of you guys who aren't watching, please do. Please, please do. It is like starting to hit its stride. I'm really enjoying it. I'm starting to feel like I know some of the characters. I'm really interested in their conversations. I think Jordan is one of the most brilliant women we have seen on our screens. She holds her own. She's so like thoughtful with her words and how she engages with her friend Jasmine, who's very much projecting about the fact that Jordan is single and Jasmine is married and Jasmine just wants Jordan to have what she has. She's just so happy. (laughs) Oh, it's obnoxious. And then, of course, Jasmine makes everything about her. It's and how it's so hard to be the only married couple in the house 
she's just doing too much. Um, but I love watching her do too much. I love all of it. It's I'm I love this show. Then they've got Bria and her emotional support animal, and she's like up and down and back and forth and all over the place, like super emotional. And then she has this boyfriend come in, and he's German, and he's like really German, like thick accent, and he's steady. I mean, he's a calm. You can tell. Like she's all over the place, and he's calm, and it's interesting to watch them, and everyone's bitching about him coming. And I think it's because he's not actually signed up to be on the cast. And I don't know if he's getting paid for this. Uh, You know, Bria tried to make it be about race a little bit, like he's white and the whole cast is black. And I don't really think that's it. Um, But it's interesting that everyone seemed to be totally cool with him as soon as he gave them very expensive watches as gifts. So... (laughs) I just... It's a great show. You guys should watch it. Um, And then finally... Vanderpump Rules. So we go in detail, Kelly and I, but I just wanted to say that since Kelly and I recorded the episode, I did listen to a podcast with Tom Schwartz and Jax and Brittany, and it was very illuminating to hear Schwartz's quote-unquote side of the story. He talks about how He had a lot going on in his personal life. His dad was very sick. He was in and out of many different hospitals over seven months. His One of his brothers was going through chemotherapy for testicular cancer. Another brother was in drug and alcohol rehab. Um, And he said there was other things going on with family members that he didn't feel comfortable sharing with us. He's obviously was going through a divorce, was selling his home and was trying to start up this bar that he had put so much capital and um, sweat and tears into. And he said he should have been asking Tom Sandoval more questions and not just taking what Sandoval was telling him at face value. Um, He was just basically saying his bandwidth like was very low and he wasn't really spending a lot of time thinking about the fact that Tom Sandoval was cheating on Ariana. It just like wasn't something. And it wasn't until that Big Bear trip that was supposed to be the two of them. And at the last minute, Sandoval brought Raquel along and it really um, it upset Schwartz. He said, you got to tell Ariana and, you know, of course, Sandoval was lying to him. I've been trying to break up with her, All whatever. I think Schwartz is hopefully learning a lesson in the need to be more pushy, I guess, with his friends. He always just like lets things slide and you need to stand for something at some point and know that Ariana was your friend too. And this is not cool what, what your best friend is doing. And you can tell him it's not cool. And you can say, listen, like, I'm not gonna be around you while you're doing this. Anyways, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty for him as it is for all of us. But it was interesting to hear that like this was not consuming him much until the story broke and it became this big sensation. He just seems like someone who's... Um, I don't know, spending a lot of time focused on things that are out of his control rather than uh, spending his energy on things that he can control, such as his behaviors and his actions. And that's just my, my thoughts on Schwartz. And then finally, 
there's a lot of discourse online and Kelly and I talk about how we felt watching part three of the reunion and just how harsh everyone was towards Raquel. You know, I think there is this idea that, you know, there's only a certain number of people or only certain types of people deserve sympathy or empathy. And we act as if there's only a finite amount of sympathy in the world, and that we have to reserve it only for those who are most deserving. And I just reject that notion. I do. I think many things can be true at once. I think many things can be false at once. I think there's a lot of gray area. And I worry that this idea that there's only like a finite amount of sympathy and it has to be reserved for someone like Ariana will end up backfiring because as soon as she doesn't seem like a victim enough for us, when she starts making all this money off of her merch, off of all these sponsored advertisements that she's getting, then it's like, oh, you're enjoying this too much. You don't seem sad enough. We no longer are on your side. And I think that's shitty also. I just, I don't know. I feel like we need to change our minds and our hearts as people and just remember that the folks that we're watching on TV are human beings. And yes, it is very hard to empathize with people that are having narcissistic tendencies that maybe have some sort of um, problems that cause them to lie and cheat and deceive and do absolutely disgusting, horrific things. But at the end of the day, like they're people too. And I just try and find humanity in everyone. I certainly see it in Ariana. And I saw it a bit in Raquel. And yeah, she is like a horrendous lying bitch. But I I don't know that anyone deserves to be told that they're nothing. I I just reject that outright. And I hope that we (laughs) can find it in ourselves as Bravo fans and as human beings to take deep breaths, to think before we tweet, to think before we leave comments on people's page, to think before we tag someone or DM them, because this is probably a lot for the cast. And I'm sure they get all kinds of love and hate and everything in between. But, you know, I I, I don't envy the the position that any of them are in. And I just think we could be a little less harsh. Um, that's that's how I feel in general. That's that's my opinion, <laughs> Tamara would say. All right. Um, we've got a great show today with Kelly Williams. She's so fun. You guys are going to love this conversation. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. It helps me get new guests like Kelly. And um, if there's anything that I said that upset or offended you, you know, I am open to constructive criticism and thoughtful discourse. So my DMs are open. You can reach me at Mandy Slutsker. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week ahead. We'll take a quick break and then back with Kelly. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I am here with Kelly Williams. You guys know her as Laguna Biatch on Instagram. And she is co-host of Beyond the Blinds and host of Nostalgia Unnow, a podcast that is currently on pause, but really hoping it gets unpaused. How are you doing today, <laughs> Kelly? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to, to talk all things Sandoval and maybe Summerhouse. And yeah, I'm just excited. I am too. I, the, both of us are like currently staying inside the house because of the very bad smoke that yes. is unfortunately coming from Canada. You know, wishing the best for everyone affected by the wildfires. I feel like I'm hearing more about the impacts in the US of just mm -hmm. air quality than I am of people like losing their homes and stuff. Right. Yeah. So shout out to all the Canadians too. We're, we're thinking. <laughs> We are. Um, so we've been inside watching lots of TV this week, you know, started out with the Summer House reunion part two. I personally felt like Andy really wanted to get some resolution. And I don't know how much of it is like, oh, we got to keep the show going. And the only way it keeps going is if they don't all hate each other. Or if he's just like, this is sad, like seeing, you know, he's seen so many friendships break up, like, you know, Bethany and Jill, Bethany and Carol, <laughs> Bethany and anyone she's ever been friends with. <laughs> like, what do you think his motivation was behind how he handled the reunion? I was actually kind of shocked at how he handled it. I really thought that he was very clearly picking sides. And I don't watch like housewives. I'm not a housewives girl, but I've seen him do other like Vanderpump rules or other summer house reunions. And it's very clear that he's like, Lindsay, you're in the wrong in this. I thought that too, but I wasn't sure if it was just me. Yeah, that's definitely how I felt. And I'm frustrated as a viewer watching Lindsay and Danielle, because I do think they both have points. I know everyone's like, Danielle shouldn't expect to be, a part of an engagement. But when you're friends with both of the people, I think it's kind of maybe a heads up. But she did scream into a pillow. So I do see all the sides. Yeah. But also, like, Lindsay, if Lindsay was just to be like, I see that you're hurt and I'm sorry that you're hurt, then it would all be gone. Lindsay is really bad at expressing any emotion other than anger mm -hmm. and that is probably frustrating to people that are close to her <laughs> because yeah. while I agree with her points her delivery is so harsh and if she just softened a bit and was like able to also express that she was hurt because I think she's really hurt sure. anger is a form of being you know hurt and 
if she was like, Danielle, this is so hurtful. This is supposed to be one of the happiest days of my life. You made it about you. And it wasn't just what you did in that moment. It's that for like weeks after, I was fielding calls from friends of mine telling me more things you told them. And then that week became actually about you and not about our engagement. That's all she needs to say. They're both so bad at... No, actually, I shouldn't say they're both. Danielle is terrible at articulating any point. And Lindsay can't show like an ounce of emotion other than anger. And I just... makes me sad. For sure. And I do believe that Danielle doesn't have an issue with them as a couple. I think Danielle's hurt by how the relationship changed, which has happened to me. You know, friends have gotten engaged and I have felt like kind of sidelined. Yeah. Did I go to the lengths Danielle did? No, but I still understand that feeling. And I don't know. I feel like Lindsay's just like, no, she's attacking our cup, our relationship, like Carl and I's rather than Danielle and hers. I I did feel like she kept bringing up that they're moving too fast and there's like, Mm -hmm. they're not being honest about problems. And how many times do you say that before you're like, okay, well, it's up to them. It's not really up to me. And it's their relationship. It's not mine. I think she like, because they were part of this like thruple kind of like, you know, with the Trace Amigos or whatever, whatever they called themselves, (laughs) you know, where he got the name Carlito. So stupid. Um, But (laughs) she like forgot that when they started dating that that didn't involve her. And Mm -hmm. so then she just assumes that like any problems that are happening, that the three of them must solve together. And that what she has to say, like, counts for something. And it doesn't. Yeah, it seems like it was a real big codependent mess. Yeah. And that's kind of, again, I do see Danielle's point. Do I think she handled it correctly? No. I think if Danielle was to actually say, like, you know, our friendship has changed or not on the week of their engagement. But you're right. She was running around saying you're moving too fast. But I guess like I've done that too. So <laughs> you know, I, see, I, mean, I see a lot of what Danielle's doing in myself, but I've learned to do it in a different way. And when yeah. someone's like, no, I think we're moving fine. You're just kind of like, okay, okay. That's the th- part. So it, it's also, if she would have said it to like Lindsay's face, she didn't mm-hmm. till the very end of the season. She's like saying it to other people, not Lindsay. And she's saying it to people mm-hmm. that Lindsay like, doesn't like and they don't like her so if you're going to confide in someone it'd be better to confide in maybe the newer people or someone that doesn't have a whole negative history with Lindsay. i the whole thing was just you may have just changed my mind completely real that's i just i'm like if she had opened up to maybe somebody else like sam i actually Mm -hmm. think it wouldn't have Lindsay wouldn't be as upset she would still be upset, but it wouldn't be as upset as opening up to Paige and having to sit on camera and hear Paige say these things to her that she's hearing for the first time from her supposed best friend coming out of the mouths of someone who is like a sworn enemy. Yeah. True, true. And I'm not someone who has like sworn enemies, so I don't really know what that like. I don't like keep people around that I don't like. But, you know, that I don't know. It's such an odd And to me, it's just like, Danielle, just come clean. Say you shouldn't have done it. Say you should have brought concerns directly to Lindsay and Carl because some Mm -hmm. of the concerns she brought up were things I've had with friends where 
you know, one person has an issue with alcohol, one person is sober, one, you know, and then it's like, are you guys talk, talking about last night when everyone was screaming or now you're acting totally fine at brunch? Like, are we fine? Like, what do you guys, mm-hmm. like, what's the plan for this? You know, because th- that's, you know, but she could have asked and then she would have gotten the answer. Hey, we're in counseling and right working on it and we're aware of the problem and we're not hiding from it true i think danielle was just so like i don't want to say blindly supportive but she rode so hard for them that she felt betrayed when maybe she shouldn't have i think so that's kind of my i there's also this trope on housewives and in a number of these things like have your back like i want someone who has my back like that's something and I don't know if it's like my background or my personality that like I just don't get it like I don't need anyone to have my back like if I know I'm right I know I'm right and no one else has to like sacrifice any part of themselves to like say I'm right or just and if I'm wrong my god don't stand up for me like don't make an ass of yourself if I'm making an ass of myself like I there's this like it's almost but again these people are on a show And so I think it, like, has to do with the fact that they're on camera. Like, someone else having your back in this whole filming experience is what I've decided it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's 100%. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Especially because he has been against, you know, a man. She's been against most of the house multiple times. Yeah. It's – I don't know. What did you think of – just everything else going on. Like, do you think Maya, I felt like they really glossed over the whole thing with her and Oliver. Also, like, you're on television. You gotta give us, like, the dirt. Even in that episode where she's like, is your mic covered? I can still hear you, but yeah. Like, that was frustrating as a viewer. It's kind of like you signed up for this, you know? I rarely say this. She should be fired for that. Like, she's only on season two. Like, this is grounds for dismissal. You don't do this. This shows that you are not, like, interested in showing your life on camera. And that's what the job is. And and if you're not up for it, then, like, find work elsewhere. I feel like she changed so much. I really liked her last season. And this season, I'm like, who's this? I know. I think this season is the real her. Mm. And I don't like the real her. That's what a few people have said that I've heard. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I just don't like her. I don't like her. I think she's kind of mean. I think she's negative. I don't like her view of the world. You know, what did you think of Sam and Gabby and Chris? I really liked Sam. I think that she would be a great, you know, head of household, if you want to call it, if they want to kind of drop the other people and have Sam's friends come in. I think that would be great. Chris, I think, has potential. He's just kind of awkward. And Gabby, I don't mind, but I need her to stop talking about her breakup that happened 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, I do need, I would like that to stop. And I'd like her to just like, I mean, it is her first season. I want to say put her guard down, but I get why her guard seemingly was kind of up. But I didn't dislike any of them, honestly. Her personal stories that she told really resonated with me. Like when she was like, I got this dream job and I took it and then it ended up being terrible. And Mm -hmm. now I'm having a crisis of like my intuition. Is it steering me wrong? And I was like, 
Wow, that's deep. And that's like something that I can relate to. Like you make a mistake and then you're like, is my picker wrong? Am I, you know, but that didn't really translate to like the group stuff. You know, I feel like she'd be more interesting in the city. And I'm kind of hoping they start filming a little more in the city. I think it's time, right? Like, I love Kyle Cook. I think he is a star. He's one of my favorite Bravo people. But, like, I would like to see him do work. You know what I mean? Like, it would be interesting to see him run Loverboy. Yeah. And, and I love Drunk Kyle, but it would be kind of cool to see Drunk Kyle and Corporate Kyle. I do feel like there are elements of Drunk Kyle, though, that aren't fun, and everyone glosses <laughs> over it. And it's like, okay, you're going to say Lindsay has a problem with drinking because her whole personality changed and she gets activated. Like, we've seen him pretty activated yeah to be fair i just mean great tv (laughs) totally Uh, totally understood i thought amanda was like the mvp of this reunion because she was like one of her and kyle were really bridging like the Mm -hmm. two sides of the couch and her especially being like do you want to apologize to Lindsay?" like she's thinking end game like you know don't you think yeah, for sure. She's the only one who's like, we need another season of the show, guys. And I would like when she'd be like, no, 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 you're not listening to what Lindsay's saying. This is what she means. Or, And I've never really seen her do that with Lindsay. So that was actually really cool. I bet she does that more behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. That was sort of my inclination. And I think that she's like, listen, Carl is your best friend. He means so much to you. This is who he chose to be with. And while you and I may not like that decision, like that's not up to us. And if we want to keep having him in our lives, then she comes along with it. And so we need to find a way to navigate that. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really mature. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Any thoughts on like Sam and Corey? Well, I don't know if you've seen all of Corey's posts of liking anti-LGBT. Trans or other LGBTQ stuff, too. Yeah, just like, so I can't get behind him. I'm a lesbian, you know. (laughs) And I actually had to, I unfollowed Sam because, in my opinion, if you surround yourself with that, if you're dating someone like that, you know, for me, that's not something you can just ignore. Yeah, I did a whole, like, not rant, but thing on why I wasn't going to unfollow or why I was like kind of still standing behind the two of them maybe a few episodes ago because I'm Jewish and there's always times where people, especially celebrities, like kind of will get caught making some comment that's anti-Semitic and, Mm -hmm. you know, and for me, I always try and think like, where did they hear this, you know, and why are they repeating it? And is this something that's like in their heart of hearts or is this not necessarily a strongly held belief, but something that could be changed? And Corey strikes me and I could be very wrong, right? Like I mean, we all could be wrong, but like I could be very wrong about this as someone who like theoretically is like, oh, I'm conservative and I like feel this way about politics and I'm raised this way and this is who I am. But then like someone walks into his gym who's trans who's just there to work out and is funny and they like strike up a conversation. Like I don't see him being a dick or necessarily being particularly judgmental, like one-on-one. And sometimes it takes in our society, people having those one-on-one interactions. And he just strikes me as someone who maybe hasn't been exposed. Mm. So 
not trying to like, I'm not trying to be an apologist. And I don't think LGBTQ people should have to do this work. But like, I'm like, oh, I would do that work, like talking to him, getting him around, you know, more diverse people, like maybe he hasn't been exposed. And like, there's an opportunity there. Yeah, I could see that. I guess when people are in their like late 20s, though, that's when I'm kind of like, no, because, you know, I grew up in a conservative household. You know, when I was 21 or 22, I had to put in the work to like, honestly, understand like Black Lives Matter, you know, mm-hmm. putting in work to really understand that instead of just listening to what my parents were saying. Yeah. So I think eventually it's on you. Oh, I think it's on him yeah. to do that work. I just, I don't like writing people off so quickly. I mean, bravo. It's more because like, I feel like it's a lot of us sitting there being like, this person's terrible, this person's terrible, this person's, and it's like, can we give them a chance? Like, I don't know, like, let them prove how terrible they are. Yeah. But yeah. for me, it's like seeing like the likes on a post is different than like them posting themselves right. or like, are you know, hearing comments. I don't know. There's also just so many celebrities who've said anti-Semitic things that I'm like, okay, I think like Nick Cannon is a good example. Like, I don't believe in his heart of heart he's anti-Semitic. And mm-hmm. he clearly has been around Jews because he is in the show business. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And I, I'm kind of like, I don't, it's not like a benefit of the doubt. It's like someone just needs a little more education. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, let's see how he might change with a little more education versus like a Kanye West. Right. Right. Do you okay. know, like, like I'm trying to because because there's just so many that make comments or make like ignorant comments about like Jews in Israel as if like Jews in the U.S. are responsible for like another country. Like those comments are made all the time. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, OK, I don't want to write someone off just for that kind of a comment. Yeah. Because there's space here to work with, I think. Corey, I'm hoping because of how I see Sam is and how I see him react to like people in the house. But you know what? Let's say they bring in like a gay cast member and it's not good. Like, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> I honestly think like that's what missing is missing from Summer House. Like bring in like a rowdy gay dude or a rowdy like, you know what I mean? Like they need something like a Preston Preston yeah. on summer house Martha's Vineyard he's great. and he's brilliant he does like so- incredible fucking advocacy and he's funny and I, oh he's amazing yeah yeah I totally agree and I could see like let's just like go into like summer house Martha's Vineyard I could see some of those guys having previously liked anti-LGBTQ to I, I wouldn't be shocked right like mm-hmm. the ones who are like hyper masculine like Amir trying to whatever I could yeah. I could see that but then they're in a house with someone who's actually gay and yeah I guess it's just like wait and see type of thing yeah it is yeah. it is I mean for me it's like a yellow flag not red for me it's pretty red <laughs> And that is more than valid. (laughs) More than valid. Um, Okay. Should we dive into Vanderpump Rules? Let's get into it. Oh, my goodness. Part three of the reunion. Okay. I have so many notes and so many questions for you. Okay. Um, This big reveal. Let's start from the end. The last five minutes. We find out kind of what we've already known, but we're hearing it from her mouth directly that 
Tom was basically manipulating her to continue lying and about details of the affair, saying that the truth would only hurt Ariana more. Um, the second time they got together, it was in Mexico, and it continued throughout. They had sex in Tom and Ariana's home while Ariana was at her grandmother's funeral. Um, she suggested that maybe her, Tom, and Ariana could be a thruple. That was wild. She went to St. Louis with him over Christmas. She didn't cop to that, but there are photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one that was the hardest for me to hear was that she didn't want to betray Tom by telling the truth because no one else is talking to her and he is all that she has. Yeah. Whew. I have to say right off the bat, I mean, I know that this is terrible, right? The way this went down, so fucked up. I am not making excuses, but I almost feel like Bravo fans aren't going to be okay until either Raquel or Sandoval actually physically hurt themselves. Like at this point, I actually do have some sympathy for, for Raquel, just because I can't imagine being told to kill myself a billion times a day. Um, And I think her coming clean was more so because Tom didn't stand up for her in a way that she thought he would. So I think she was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm probably not going to come back next season. Like, let me just put all the truth out there. And maybe I'm on the fence of whether she's this diabolical, insane human. I really go back and forth. Um, But I do think she saw this as a way of her being like, you know what? This is my truth. I'm telling it. And Tom didn't have my back. So maybe I can get in the good graces somehow by telling the truth. I love your like point of view and like thinking about how she's like in your head, she's potentially thinking about how people view her. Yeah. I get the sense that like she's not really thinking about people, how people I think Tom Sandoval was. I think all season he was hyping people up like in advance of the season, saying, Oh, she's gonna be like America's sweetheart. Everyone's gonna love her. Just you wait and see. She's rising back from the relationship with James Kennedy. I feel like her decision-making process is very flawed Mm -hmm. and extremely elementary and that, like, I don't know that she has the skills. I'm not saying she's dumb. I actually, it's much more, okay, you're going to think I'm such a loser. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I am. I was on Capitol Hill, um, this week with like a person who's an expert in pediatric mental health, a pediatrician, and we were talking about ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, um, which are things uh, he usually like called like almost like emotional injury. Mm-hmm. And so 18 and under, if you had a parent um, who is an alcoholic, who uh, has a mental illness, untreated Um, a parent that dies, a parent that's incarcerated, if you were abused physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, any of those things, these add to your ACEs score. And how high your ACEs score is directly correlated with both physical and mental health ailments as an adult. Like rates of addiction are much higher, rates of mental illness, heart disease. Like you could have someone die of a heart attack in their 50s, and it could be tied to something that happened to them as a child. It's, It's wild. Honestly, I'm like, I need to take this test you're talking about. I I will send it to you after this. Okay. Sure. This is a big thing that like pediatricians are into and um and understanding and trying to uh provide like trauma informed care and build mm-hmm. resilient 
brains, like childhood brains, so that they can, you know, you can't prevent sometimes a child's parent from dying or the fact that a child was, you know, born into a family that had alcoholism. But you can help with certain skills to be able to, like, so maybe there is another adult who they form a close relationship with who they lean on. That kind of, there's so many, so many ways to address this, but unaddressed um, the experiences. Uh, I, and okay, I did a little digging and um, some people have told me that allegedly the story that Raquel sold us about how she's her being adopted, mm-hmm. she made it much rosier than it actually was. And that what really happened is that her birth mother gave birth. Raquel went into the foster care system. She was like, the state was in charge of her. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, the sister, her now mother, stepped in and adopted her. And so we don't know, and I don't know if this is all alleged, right? But like if there was a period where she wasn't properly cared for or, you know, and if you're raised and like, when did she find out about her birth mother and her adopted mother and all of that? And like one of the first things you hear is that you weren't wanted. Mm. I, I feel like she has like significant emotional injuries from childhood and it like prevented her from like her brain from developing like in the way that it should like she did when she was like I didn't realize the consequences of my actions I'm like I believe you this is wild (laughs) okay so I'm not as big of a loser (laughs) I'm like a whole like theory like medical theory that she has I was like last week with Brian Moylan quoting from the DSM-5 I was like I think that she has dependent personality disorder I've read through this I've read about (laughs) this I have no like business diagnosing anyone but I just think there's like something going on and I I think about her childhood a lot I do think it's related to her childhood I don't Mm -hmm. know all the missing pieces um, and I'm not saying that it excuses poor behavior. There are right. so many people with fucked up childhoods that don't cheat and harm others and hurt their friends and lie and all of that. Like, that is not it. But I do think something's off and it led her to make worse and worse decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. But yeah, like I said, I do feel sorry for her in a way. Yeah. Yeah. There's an element. And I think that makes us human, right, Kelly? Like you and I are like watching, you're like, oh, this is like a little extreme. Yeah. I'm like, Lala, sit down. Right. Um, but yeah, again, going back to like the reveal, I think that she did it for her own like conscience. And maybe I'm way off with that. Um, but I also think it's because Sandoval didn't stand up for her enough. He didn't. Can you imagine like all these months being told certain things and then push comes to shove. He's still having sex with Ariana. He didn't mm-hmm. actually try and break up with her. The relationship wasn't that terrible. You know, all ugh. his ego was hurt. That's it. That's all it was. Cause she didn't constantly tell him every single thing he did was amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so okay. Another thing about Raquel, did you see the variety interview with Sheena so it's like a video no I haven't so on this in this video she said that Raquel's parents have a lot of like influence on her life 
And that at the engagement party that Raquel had with James, that Raquel's father said to Charlie's boyfriend, oh, we're not going to actually let her get married to him. We're just letting them play house. It's the worst decision to not marry James Kennedy or not want your daughter to marry James Kennedy. Totally. But like this idea that we're letting her or not letting her, like that's kind of creepy to me, like that a parent would say that about a grown child, like as if she doesn't, like as if she can't make decisions without their approval still. Right. I mean, how old were you when you first started making decisions that your parents didn't approve of? Like, Honestly, I had to like move. My parents were very much like hands on, also conservative, right? Like I now they're okay with me being gay, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't really be that at home. I had to move from Massachusetts to Nashville in order to like make my own choices, really. How was Nashville? Was that like an accepting? No. Okay, (laughs) that's what I was thinking. (laughs) It was for a while. And right before I moved, things started to change. Yeah, I've noticed the change from afar. Honestly, maybe you just see like parallels with how she was raised in me and how I've been raised, honestly. But you. But I've never cheated or anything. Well, no, but you somehow got the tools within you where you right. trusted your sense of self to be able to make decisions that they were the right decisions and like also know the consequences of your own actions. Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's crazy. Okay. Questions I feel like I'm in like a therapy session with you I know, right sorry. now. Sorry. <laughs> like, no, it's love, nice. I like love getting really into like why people are the way they are. Um, I love it. And Lisa Vanderpump, I have no idea why she, the way she is, but she's such, <laughs> she has so much like internalized misogyny. Watching her be so hard on Raquel and like not as hard on Tom when for, in my opinion, like Tom was like the orchestrator of the majority of every, it's become very clear. He set the lies. He said he was lying to Schwartz. He was lying to Raquel. He was lying to Ariana. He was lying to every person in his life. And she harps on Raquel. Like, I get harping on Raquel, but then not Sandoval. I kind of wish Lisa just popped in and left. Yeah. I was very confused, especially at the end. I know we'll get to it, but when they were talking about how um, Tom dressed as Raquel. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. You did what? You did what? And she just kept talking. I was like, Lisa, Lisa, stop. She's not spending all her time on Instagram. I kind of love that, though, because she truly seemed like, wait, I don't understand. I don't get it. And Katie had to step in. Love, Katie. One of my favorite people on the show. Finally, a year where I can say I'm a fan I've of been Katie. I've since day one. I started watching like season four. Yeah, she was really mean in the beginning, so I wasn't a fan of that. But as soon as, maybe it was season four where she came forward about her traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, <laughs> that explains, like, a lot of behavior. I think the way Katie handled herself that reunion was perfect. Same. I wish, I wish everyone did, because we could have got through so much more, so many more things. But the way Katie was just quiet until she was kind of called upon, she chuckled here and there, but she wasn't screaming, getting up, running around, being crazy. And she's someone who dealt with so much this season. (laughs) I wish we spent a little more time on Katie because I find her to be very brave. Mm -hmm. 
you know, walking away from a marriage when there wasn't infidelity, when there wasn't, like, he just wasn't showing up for her. And she, and no one's telling her, like, in her friend group, they all loved him. Stassi, like, her best friend, loves Tom Schwartz. Like, no one's been like, you need to leave him. You can do better. So, like, she had to come up with this on her own. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. this isn't the best situation for me. And I think that's a really hard thing to do. I agree. I agree with you. And I would have loved to hear a little more about like what led her to that point and not just focusing on the fact that he kissed Raquel. Like, okay, like I get that. We all get that. Like, I want to know more about the other stuff. Like, why did you think you could be friends? <laughs> right? Like, that's kind of nuts, but. Sure. Uh, um, so I have a question for you. I have a theory that if the reunion was taped a month later, that we would have gotten a very different version of Ariana, but mm-hmm. not a different version of anyone else. Totally agree. Okay. <laughs> totally agree with you. And I'm willing to give her a little more of a pass than some of the terrible comments that she made. I think they did go too low, in my opinion, like telling someone that they're nothing it's a horrible thing to say to anyone. I get she's angry. I understand where she's coming from. The cheese grater comment was like, because that felt like sexually violent. Yeah. And I feel like she would probably regret that today. I think so. She In interview, she said that she blacked out. She doesn't remember anything she said that day. And I completely believe that. Yeah. Same. Same. So I'm willing to give her. A, but I feel like Lala would still make it all about her and Randall. And... Mm. James would still be like, look at how terrible you are. Let's ignore everything I've done bad ever. Can we just talk about last week really quick? The part Yeah, two? we can talk about it longer. It doesn't have to be quick. I wish if it was anyone else other than Sandoval who brought up James's drinking. The fact he got them to had them lose like probably a high paying job and was like slapping waitresses asses and stuff. And immediately everyone's like, well, you fuck girls. You do this, you do that. And it's like, I wish it was anyone but Sandoval that brought that up. Yeah, cheating on your girlfriend is a terrible, horrible thing to do. It is also not illegal. Mm. Grabbing someone's ass is assault. Right. <laughs> like there's, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not saying one thing's worse than the other. They're both very terrible in different ways. But they were just like glossing over the fact that he drinks and he like invades people's space. Yeah, and... I guess like it bothers me a lot that now James Kennedy gets some pass because Sandoval did a terrible thing. It's like all these men on the show are bad. Yeah. Other than maybe Peter. (laughs) I don't know about bad. I think complicated. I think I I do think there is good in James Kennedy. I do believe Mm -hmm. that there is. I just think he has to make some serious changes. Right. Uh, He's someone who has at least one parent who identifies as an alcoholic he mm-hmm. has stopped drinking and people have commented that he is better when he is not drinking. So like that tells you something to, you know, like right. I have a friend who recently stopped drinking just because like she wasn't feeling great, like physically. And um, like, it's not that like, I'm not like, oh, I like you better sober. It's like no right. different, right? It's just like you're not having a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. So, but like when someone stops and you notice like a personality shift, that's mm-hmm. kind of an indication that maybe alcohol and them like aren't the right match. For sure. For sure. What do you make of Lala and like how she's handled 
everything. I don't know if Lala has amnesia. Um, (laughs) That's a good one. I mean, I genuinely think Randall probably played her pretty hard, right? But screaming at Raquel isn't going to change what happened to you. You know, it's not going to stop people from saying, well, you did fuck Randall when he was married. It doesn't matter you're best friends with Amber now. Nobody cares. Like, you you were actively dating someone you knew was married. Sure, maybe she thought he was separated. I did watch the, the special on Randall. He seems like a horrific person. But, like, she... And, again, she was an addict, right? She was drinking during it. She's doing all these things. But it's also okay to be like, I fucked up, too. You, you got to take some responsibility. Well, this is what confuses me um, as like someone who's working a program or who claims they're working a program. She seems to skip the like accountability mm-hmm. part of like there's just to me such a difference of how she talks about sobriety and when she was drinking versus Carl and Carl's like, I'm not trying to say like one person's better, but when I, I thought Carl had all the reason in the world to like throw Kyle away as a friend from what Kyle had said about him. And then to say him saying like the first thing out of his mouth was like, he's right. I was so cooked up. I showed up to work. I forgot my laptop. I did that. Like, that is not the first things that would be out of my mouth if I was being accused of that, you know? And to see that he, like, immediately went back to, like, I sometimes forget how much I harmed other people while Mm -hmm. I was actively using was so profound. I thought it was really refreshing. So my mom is an alcoholic, and she's sober now, but she's still, like, a dry drunk. Okay. You know? It's still like the the tendencies are still there because she hasn't fully worked that program. But I do see Carl like the accountability. And I've been kind of tough on Carl. I will say Mm -hmm. that. But seeing how he reacted to that and did take accountability for what he did and was willing to forgive Kyle Mm -hmm. shows so much. So I kind of want to like take back the hate that I gave Carl throughout the season. (laughs) (laughs) I, I thought it was like such like so big of him and so like showed who he is as a person now. Um, and who he is becoming, I was like, oh, this is a very different person. And this isn't how I would have been so mad. At oh, child, yeah. right? <laughs> and then to have Lala get so angry every time, you know, her, she, there was no reason for her to tell Raquel that she had sex with James when Raquel and James were together. There's literally no reason that anyone had to know that, that especially Raquel. Mm-hmm. And then the way she framed it wasn't like, I'm trying to come clean as part of my program. And I am so sorry. It was sort of like, you get over it. It's like it happened, but you and I weren't friends. So what does it even matter? Like, like as if being friends is like, oh, all these people have cheated. I... In different ways, you know, I do think that it's, it's, yeah, none of them have cheated in the same bad ways. Mm-hmm. For but, sure. You know. Yeah. yeah, I guess like Lala was just making me so frustrated and her and James together, you know, them yelling, not being able to get another question in. As a viewer, I found that really frustrating. And I kind of wish... They told James to, like, get off the stage for a little bit then. Like, if you can't handle sitting here. If Ariana could sit there, 
James and Lala should have been able to. I agree. I I wanted this episode of the reunion to hear more from Sandoval and Raquel. Like I wanted and you know, not that they were planning on being super honest. I also wanted to hear more from Schwartz. Yeah. And we heard like I, nothing from him. Yeah, I would have even liked to hear more from Ariana other than just like her anger. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously it's three weeks out or the time it was filmed was three weeks after everything went down. So her anger is totally valid. But I wish we got to see more like the one on one that they did. Yeah. Or just something different because there will be people who watch that and all of a sudden like, no, fuck Ariana. She's too mad. She's too angry. She needs to get over it. When, you know, we've had time to get over it because we're the right. viewer. Whereas now people will be like, you know, she's making all this money. Good for her. Whatever. Why she's still mad. It's like, no, no, no. This wasn't filmed yesterday. Yeah. This is filmed two, like oh, two and a half months ago. Right. Or like Something a month like ago. No. Yeah. Two and a half. It was March like 23rd. And we're, we're in June. So this is like three months ago that this was filmed. And I truly believe that if it happened again, if they had to do it later, that she would have showed anger, but also other emotions. Totally agree with you. But Lala, Lala's a one trick pony. It's like, she just only can show that one side. And when she's vulnerable, she's so watchable when she's crying and saying, I felt like such a fool. I'm like, give me more of this. I want to see this because this must be very true. You know? Yeah. I don't, I always say Lala's bark is way worse than her actual bite. She says that too. Oh, she does. She does. Yeah. (laughs) I've started listening to her podcast because she's the only one that's like, talking episode by episode scene by scene and she would say oh this actually was added in this wasn't in the original version and like that is really interesting to me but she would always say oh yeah my bark is way worse than my bite I don't bite at all I just bark yeah and that but but she also thinks people should get over words like and words can really hurt but she's kind of words hurt me way more than anything than physical right and she's but she's kind of like they're just words whatever you know actions are what matter and i just i don't know i want to see her she's just so angry and i she i hope she's getting some therapy yeah i completely agree with you oh man but i will say like her and james kind of ruined the last part of the reunion for me it was kind of funny in the beginning like Mm -hmm. part one we were like there for it and then part three it was like we were kind of over that shtick and it just I wanted to hear more from Katie and Schwartz. Mm-hmm. No one ever lets Schwartz talk. He's so he's not great at claiming like a sentence. <laughs> like he can't like get it all the like he says it and then he like it like dwindles in the middle and then he like leans back and you're not sure if he's going to finish his thought. But people always step in. And I tried to listen to the interview that he did with Jackson Brittany, which I had not heard Jackson Brittany's podcast. They interrupted him nonstop. Yeah, I, I believe Jackson Brittany would do that. <laughs> but he had some really interesting things to say. And I think he is learning a lot from this experience. Basically, he was saying that he, um, you know, was 
like dealing with so many family issues. Like his dad was in the hospital for seven months and was moved three different times to three different hospitals. One Mm -hmm. brother was doing chemotherapy for testicular cancer. Another brother was in rehab for drug and alcohol addiction. He had like other things going on with other family members. He didn't feel comfortable bringing up. And then, you know, his own divorce, trying to open the bar, like selling the house. There, there was a lot on his plate. So when all this stuff was going down with Sandoval, like it just, he says it just wasn't taking up much of his brain space. Like he just didn't have the bandwidth and he wasn't registering like just how bad it was mm-hmm. until I think when they were in Big Bear and they had were supposed to go on this like snowboarding trip. And then he has... Raquel joined them and and Schwartz didn't want that. It was just supposed to be the two of them. And he's like, wow, you really got to tell her. And even at this point, he thought that like he bought all the story about Tom Sandoval and Ariana just being roommates, basically, mm-hmm. and that he had tried to break up with her and all this stuff. Yeah, because honestly, like I'll say it, my friends have cheated on their significant others. Oh, my, I've had friends do that, too. Yeah. And for me, while married. Yeah, same. And I'm not friends with their husband. So they tell me and I'm like, listen, that's really shitty. I don't I don't like support what you're doing. And then I just kind of leave it at that. Like, I don't like hang out with them and whoever they're with. But it's one of those like, don't tell me about it. That's terrible. You need to stop. You need to tell your husband. And yeah, I don't know if that makes me a bad person. No, no. I mean, I've had it happen, too. I mean, it was we were much younger um and I guess early 20s for me but yeah mid 20s for me and (laughs) you know people who who were engaging in the cheating were going through some like really intense things and I Mm -hmm. think you know some people turn to drugs and alcohol some people you know everyone has their vice and I think for sometimes it's like this was a coping mechanism and it's a very unhealthy one but if it was drugs I would stand by them you know, and if it's a yeah. guy and it's not even something they're not even say, like for one of them, she's like, I'm not even in love. Like, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I don't even feel like I'm in control of myself. I was like, OK, get help. You know, yeah, I think the difference with this group is they're all friends. Yeah. And that's like the most important thing to remember. It It is different. It's hard. It just, you know, we we have to remember we're not friends with them. Like everyone who's taking this so seriously and is so angry. I'm like, you're using your anger that you have about other things and you're placing it onto Tom and Raquel. Like you have no reason to be mad at them. You don't know them. You don't know the other people on the cast. Like as soon as you turn the TV off, they don't exist in your lives. It's so interesting to me that this is like the, people's reaction it's it's wild like I get it but there's a lot of worse things now I know you watch like all the Bravo shows pretty much has there ever been something like this happened that has gotten such big like CNN picked it up like that's wild Wall Street Journal the Wall Street Journal wrote an article about how much money Ariana has made off of this breakup (laughs) Of course, they're talking about money. I don't think anything has gone as mainstream since, like, there must be some housewife story, but not necessarily a scandal. Like, NeNe made housewives a thing. Like, people knew NeNe who didn't know anything else. Right, right. She really kind of punctured the social media, like, whatever, and 
in in the world. But I don't know, this this has taken on a life of its own. I'm trying to think of, you know, there's other things that have happened. Like I'm trying to think in the last year, like the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, like Mm -hmm. that I blocked all things related to that. I didn't want to see any single commentary on something that vile. Um, But like, I don't know, what other things have people been like so obsessed with? I don't think they've been Bravo. No, no, it wouldn't be Bravo, like other pop culture things for sure. I mean, like Haley versus Selena. That gets yes. the people like, why did that become such a thing? I genuinely think people love when women hate each other. It's how we were raised. Like you yeah. watch the beach. It's not about how shitty Steven was. It's about how Kristen and Lauren hated each other. Oh, my gosh. Kelly, <laughs> you're so right. We've all been raised to hate each other. And then yeah. those are the stories that are like, elevated it's two women hating each other oh my god it's so hard to unlearn because there was a time when like I first started podcasting and there were certain female podcasters that were always charting higher than me and I was like you know what fuck them their content's not as good (laughs) and then I'm like they have done nothing you know what I mean Right. It's a really hard thing to unlearn that like competition and this like Mm -hmm. idea of zero sum game, like only one woman can achieve X. And if it's not me, then like I'm losing. Like, I find it so wild that Raquel is still in hiding and Sandoval's on a countrywide tour. That should say everything you need to know about how people have handled this. And maybe that's why I do feel a little more bad for Raquel than I probably should. Part of it, though, because I think, well, hmm, I agree with you, but I also think part of why Raquel is getting help is because there is something in her that is thinking this, like, I got myself into trouble and I need to fix whatever, like, something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she acknowledges something is wrong and she's wants to right the wrong, not for an image, not for whatever. I truly think watching her the last five minutes that she knows something's up she's like what the fuck's wrong with me well when lala was like you need to get mentally evaluated she's like trust me i am <laughs> I was like, oh god. i know yeah i i do hope like people kind of just back off of the whole situation because even now people are turning on ariana saying she's you know making too much money and doing too many things it's like you can't make anyone happy <laughs> Right. No one's ever, ever going to be happy. And we all just like shouldn't care so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many things going on in this world. And I've gotten dragged in my whatever comments on the podcast, you know, reviews about. But like they're trying to ban doctors from providing like very basic mm-hmm. medical care calling a child what they asked to be called like gender from a care in like 19 states and counting i mean mm-hmm. they're you're gerrymandering districts there's like it's awful banning books and we're here screaming about how much money someone made on instagram like if you're angry awesome awesome there are so many effective ways to channel that anger like Angry people call folks on Capitol Hill all day. But you know what? Yeah. They're usually not angry about the things that I listed. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to channel your anger for good, <laughs> please. I can tell you there there is someone answering that phone and they are marking down what you are talking about. They are. 
Now, on a lighter note, I will say Sheena being Sheena is my favorite thing. I, I have been Sheena. a Sheena fan since like day one. And I'll always say that her, her being like, where's my apology is the most <laughs> Sheena thing I've ever heard. And when she said it, I was kind of like, oh, there she is. I think she of all of the people on this show is truly meant for reality TV. Like she has the uh, resilience to to be able yeah. to document her life on camera like very few people do. Like things just roll off her back that would never roll off any of those other bitches' backs. <laughs> Let's put it this way. If Lisa needed one of them to put on a sir dress and work, Sheena would be like, what time do you need me there? I got it. Right? <laughs> and I think Brock is like the perfect plus one to her mm-hmm. main character energy. Like she was trying to make him a main character last season. And I actually don't think he wanted that necessarily. I think he like stepped into it and was like, oh, this is like, I'm, like, I'm I still like on the JV team. Like, let me like step out of this mess and just be here to support you. Cause mm-hmm. like, you know what you're doing and you can handle this. And I'll just be here, like, cheering you on, here for the camera, fine to document our lives. But, like, it's not going to be all about me. And I love that for her. For sure. And I really like Allie. I hope, I honestly hope she dumps James and just becomes a full-time cast member because I think Allie's great. I would love just to, like, witness her because she's not someone who seems to be trying to become famous. Mm Mm-hmm. I've said this, like, this is my third time saying this, but I got my astrology read, read by her, and it did change my life. I do Ooh. feel, I've, I knew nothing about astrology, so she had to really go back to basics with me. Like, I didn't understand. It was, like, where the planets were when you were born. And you I, know, I'm going to book a, maybe I'll book a reading with her. I, I thought her voice was so calming, and I had questions. She was so patient. We, like, bonded over some stuff. Like, she was lovely and insightful and we've been emailing and she's like sent me book recommendations and they're great in this app that I use that like tells me what's happening with the planets and like what I should do. What an angel. Yeah. She, you know, I, I told her I was going to start dating and I'm looking for a partner and she told me to set the table for two Aww. as like an intention for the universe. So you go, bitch, you go to my... <laughs> kitchen table it's fucking set for two <laughs> doesn't matter if i'm like sitting here eating at my desk i'm like it's it's sit for doing there everyone knows <laughs> i love that i love that i think she's great and she's like a calming presence mm. and a calm confidence i love how she stood up to lisa vanderpump yeah yeah i think Allie's a good addition for sure She's great. Okay, I've got some other questions for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, that really nasty thing that Tom said about Ariana having her shirt on during sex. Like, that to me almost would have been, like, the big reveal. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, that shitty of a thing. Like, oh, it wasn't hot enough sex, so, like, I get to do whatever I want because you didn't fulfill my, like, whatever needs. And Ariana was talking on the last episode how she hates her body. I mean, this has always been her thing, right? Yeah. Someone, first of all, someone might keep their shirt on out of convenience. When you're with a partner and you're having sex all the time and you've been, you know, together for nine years, it's not like you're like, ooh, let me put on some lingerie and like light a candle. Like, 
you know, it's like sometimes it's just a little less thought through. Right. That doesn't mean it's not hot. That doesn't mean it's not good. And to know the backstory of like her having issues with her body, her being shamed in a previous relationship about her mm-hmm. body. <sighs> what a day. I mean, Sandoval's a fucker. There's no other way to like yeah. <laughs> <slice> that. <laughs> um, what else? I have so many. Did you ever watching this show? Okay, so like you started season four. What were your initial impressions of Lala and James that season? I thought they were so nasty and mean. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a bigger girl and right away, like, or maybe it was this following season that they started, like, summer bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, just hearing that, I'm like, no, no. And that seems to be James's go to. Right, he flipped out on Max two seasons ago, right? Calling him, like, a fat fuck and that he was a loser and all that stuff. He said stuff to Tom Schwartz this season. Right, yeah. That's his go-to. It's, you know, and there's a couple other Bravo celebrities that I love that it also is their go-to. Like, it's, it's, they don't say fat, but they'll, like, body shame. Like, Candace, who I love on Real Housewives of Potomac. Like, she's like, not today, neck. And it's like, oh, God. Like, and I think the funny part is she's saying it about, like, one of the most beautiful women that, like, walks this earth. So it's not as bad or whatever. But come on. I don't know. I'm so sick of it. It's like, it means you're not clever enough to come up with a real insult. Right. Like, Lala, I can respect for some of her insults. Yes. Like when she said to Schwartz, she's like, I can't hear you. Sandoval's dicks in your mouth. That's funny. That's funny and true. Yeah, so I I find Lala more entertaining than James. Especially sober because she's seen For things sure. clearly. Mm-hmm. It's just... Do you Reunion think- was rough. Reunion Lala was rough. But like during the season, I'm like, whatever, you know. Yeah. She could just be such an asshole sometimes when she just yeah. was not going to take accountability. She's like, that was a long time ago. I'm like, that was three years ago. Like, what? <laughs> it's like... You were like 28 instead of 31. <laughs> like, this is insane. Like, now these people are like, that was last year. I'm like, <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. I, I just, they're different than me. They're different. Where do you think we go from here? This is what I've been wondering. I really have no idea. I would almost love this to be the swan song. And on this note, maybe have like a check-in. I know that won't happen. Um, I can't picture anyone wanting to film with Sandoval. I don't think Raquel will come back. Um, I don't know. I really have no idea because that did save the series, in my opinion. It did because it brought it back to the core group and their core. Like the Charlie didn't work because she was cast to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Like it never, it rarely works when they're cast to be on the show. At least DJ James Kennedy's parents had a relationship with Lisa Vanderpump. At least Lala actually worked at Sir. Like right. those are the only two that have worked. Everyone else that has been cast, it just, it's not natural. You have to find the people that are already in the group. And I think a number of those people, including Ariana's close friends, like decided this show isn't for them. So mm-hmm. they're not on the show but they're in this space and they're okay being on camera here and there. 
Right. I think they're going to bring back Jackson Brittany as sort of friends of because they'll mm-hmm. film with Schwartz. Schwartz will film with Sandoval. And Lord knows how we're going to get everything else together. And then they'll yeah. have Brittany with Ariana. Like they'll uh-huh. they'll like find ways to have conversations happening where it feels like they're together, but I don't know how they would all be in the same physical space, like at a big cast event. Right. Right. Yeah. I really I have no idea. I felt the same with Summer House. I'm like, where do they go? All them all of Summer House hates each other. That whole cast hates each other. Who would like, you bring back for Summer House and who would you get rid of? Honestly, I feel like I'd get rid of like most of them at this okay. point. Um, I feel like Luke was a weird calming energy in the house. And he was kind of friends with everyone. He's my favorite so because I'm from Minnesota. And he always responds yeah. to my DMs or like tags and stuff. I feel like he was actually missed this season. I didn't think I was going to miss him. Yeah. I missed him. I missed Andrea. Andrea, to me, yeah. provided a levity and a like he was almost like the heart of Summer House because he cared so much about everyone. I also would love Paige to be single. <laughs> <laughs> single I mean, Paige I, is the best. If I could break her and Craig up, for sure, 100%, I would do that. Maybe we can just break her, Sierra, and Maya up. Yeah, I think Maya would need to go. Sierra could be like in and out, I think. Maybe as um, like a friend, but not like a main. I yeah, think that would also, be good because then Amanda is a more reasonable like version of them. And then her and Paige can hang out. And then Paige is going to have to hang out with other people. Like she can't, I don't want her just sitting around in bed with everyone. Like it was funny for a little bit and it made a little more sense during the COVID years, but like not this summer. Honestly, bring back Hannah, whatever. Oh, I thought she was so annoying. Me too, but I thought she made TV happen. So like I I can get by that. She did, but that would actually be interesting because Amanda and Hannah do not like each other. I know. Ooh. I feel (laughs) like this is going to be the last season of Summer House. I feel like they're trying to make it together for one more season. Carl and Lindsay will get married. Amanda and Mm -hmm. Kyle will have a baby. Like, and then I just, that's it. (laughs) It needs to go. It needs to go. I do think Lindsay should be on the new Roni reboot. Like, she is meant to be a reality star. Carl does not want to be a main character on reality TV. He's clearly doing this for Lindsay. So if Mm -hmm. he was a house husband, he would just, like, not have to do that much. Yeah, she would be great on that show for sure. Yeah, she'd make things happen. She'd be interesting. She's very watchable. I I would watch that. And they live in such a cool apartment. Like, maybe just give her a few more years of that ad money (laughs) so she can climb her way up and get something, like, nicer. But from what I've heard, the new Roni, like, they all have these, like, really sick apartments. I'm excited. I'm excited to see that. I watch Roni, yeah. I'm excited for, like, New Blood, and I'm really interested to see Jenna Lyons. Mm. Mm-hmm. That'll be fascinating to see someone who's like an actual well-known businesswoman who has a lot to lose by being on television. Sure. 
Like, that's fascinating to me because it's like when Denise Richards decided to do the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I was like, why? This could only go badly. Like, everyone already kind of likes you, right? They all think that you've got great eyebrows and are super yeah. fuckable. And you then ran away from Charlie. <laughs> right? You raised those girls. Like, you know, and now we have like this whole other thing going on with her and how we feel about her. Do you watch Beverly Hills at all? Okay. I, I've only watched Real House. I watched the first season of Salt Lake and then I um, watched a decent amount of New York. And the first season of Salt Lake was incredible. Yeah, I couldn't get into the second season and then I just kind of forgot about it. I think Mary comes back. She was like one of those like, I can't figure out what I'm watching, but I can't Little look girl. away. I, always think, <laughs> I love Little it. girl. Or I love like, it. She was in the kitchen talking to Whitney's kids and she's like, oh, someone got in a car crash. And they were like, I'm is like, she okay? She's like, no, she no, died. She died. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like a kooky aunt. But, you know, then there's all these allegations that she's like forcing people to give their money up and – yeah, that's I mean, al- that's also interesting. But I mean, then look at who else was on the cast and what they were doing. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> cast is crazy. Um, okay, I have some questions for you on blinds, and then we will uh, wrap up. So I know not much about blind culture other than I don't believe most things that I read. And I know that a lot of them are put in by other castmates or publicists that are trying to craft some sort of narrative knowing what will get picked up. Do you think, one, like what caliber of celebrity do you think actually reads blinds? And what caliber do you think, like, is it a caliber thing? Like, Like if you're so famous, like if you're Jennifer Aniston, do you read blinds? Or is that something that you just don't? I'm sure, like, when you're that high up, you don't care. Maybe you know what they are. Maybe you'll peek. I think Jennifer Lawrence reads blind items because she has had some interviews where it felt like she was speaking into my soul because (laughs) they were like, what's the craziest thing you've ever heard or read about yourself? And she was like, that I fucked Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. And that's her blind item life is she was very much a Harvey girl. And in my head, when we did our Jennifer Lawrence episode – I didn't really understand what the casting coach was. And yeah. now that we're like a year and a half removed from that, I do not think that the blinds are fair about that. Right. Um, but honestly, Troy and I will do an episode about teen mom and put that behind a paywall. Cause we're more afraid of like Janelle Evans than Angelina Jolie. A hundred percent. Cause like she's got other shit going on. She doesn't, she's busy dealing with like the conflict in Syria. She doesn't have time for. <laughs> exactly. So there are definitely like Vanderpump. We did an episode over a year ago. Um, it has not aged well from what I'm told, but say if we do like, I guess that was public, but we're more nervous about that than we just did a Ryan Gosling episode and we're not nervous about that. But if Vanderpump rules cast sees that we're going to be like, shit. Right. So it, it, I feel like it is like a level like if you're just like super removed and you have all these assistants mm-hmm. and you're just like not on the phone scrolling TikTok all the time, you don't really know what people are saying about you. You don't really know rumors. So this brings me to the next question. You're a Taylor Swift fan. Yes. She seems to be someone who is so big, but also seems to know what people say about her. Like, do, do you think she makes decisions based on public perception 
This is how I'll always say two things about Taylor that people need to realize. Nothing she's ever done has been a coincidence. Taylor Swift knows what she's doing. And also Taylor Swift loves being famous. I think she's spoken out against fame. And I'm sure she doesn't like the comments of people like commenting on her body. I mean, who would, right? Right. Taylor Swift loves being famous and setting records no one else can ever break. And that's why everything with Maddie Healy, it really shocked me. And people have said I haven't been hard enough on her for that. But Troy and I did talk about, you know, her setting herself up with someone who has said all these terrible, racist, misogynistic things is not a good look for Taylor. Right. And honestly, if that's who she wants to surround herself with, then I am a fan of Taylor's music, not of Taylor. Fair. I like still don't know who he is. And that... You know, that's fair, too. <laughs> like I've heard those things about him, but I, I don't know who I don't have a frame of reference for him to begin with. So it's like, right. know, you know, in and with it, what we do, obviously, we do not believe every blind item we read. And I think people need to remember that when they're listening to the episodes. But um, say like Usher, we did an Usher episode and some of his blind items, whether they're true or false, are really tough. So he's another one that I need to, like, separate the artist from the art. Yeah. I mean, how do you know if something's more likely to be true? The way we see it, like sometimes blind items will turn out to be true. We'll see it in a headline. But if it's the same thing written for like 15 years, it's hard to turn a blind eye to that. Okay, that makes more sense. Because there was some blind items that I've read about Bravo stuff or about Vanderpump Rules that I've been like, not only is that not true, but like that's a really horrible thing to write about someone you know, like who's sure. coming up with this? For sure. And um, I will say, Troy and I, we don't do as much like Dumois because Dumois, I'm not saying they're not credible. I know that they've broken so many stories, but like we'll go to like an NT lawyer. But and- his, that's where it was because it was a oh. blind on Tom Schwartz okay. or it was about Tom Schwartz saying that he was using heroin and he was like months from death. Is basically, and that someone on the cast was like supplying it to him. I mean, there's no basis. And Katie even brought up this blind in an interview once because I was, I swore, I was like, how can I be the only one that read this? And I don't even read NT Lawyer. Like, I don't know how it came across me, but I was just like, that's quite an accusation. And it made me nervous because, you know, with Glee and Corey Monteith, none of us thought he was actively using while we were watching the show. And Tom Schwartz like who knows like who knows how people can get away with things and um and then it turned out obviously not to be true and it's like that's quite a story to come up with for sure and I mean we get so much hate for what we do honestly but I think it's just your own judgment you know we'll read a blind and then immediately we go that's not true we don't believe that Mm -hmm. so I think we're we're more like connoisseurs of pop culture and blind items rather than like experts do you know what i mean blind item culture more than the blind items themselves right exactly like which ones kind of make their way like to someone like me who doesn't go seeking them out exactly exactly and then okay final question because you mentioned that taylor swift loves being famous is there if you're like whole knowledge of people who are famous who do you, who would you say, or maybe a couple of people that you actually think don't want to be famous, but are? I mean, we just did a Ryan Gosling episode. I, I was think just he, thinking about him. Yeah, 
he's definitely someone who's there to act um, and do like fun interviews and stuff like that. But I don't think he's calling paparazzi on him and Ava Mendez. Um, I think like Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds love being famous. Yes. Whereas Jennifer Aniston will use it when she needs it, but doesn't love it. If that makes sense. Is there anyone in the reality TV space or who has dabbled in reality TV that you think doesn't enjoy fame? Lauren Conrad. Okay. I think she's so over it, so out of it. And I think she genuinely wants nothing to do with it. And people will give her shit for that, but I give her credit. You know, she gave up a lot of her life from what, 17 to like 23. She was filmed. And I think she's genuinely someone who's like, I'm good. I don't need to talk about this ever again. Interesting. I always find it it, because she started so young, like she couldn't have made the decision on her own. Her family had to be okay with it. So it's like when someone enters reality TV as an adult, is it because like they've decided that they're, they want to be famous and they're doing this for a chance at fame versus like someone as a child or really young person Enters and is like, oh, okay, I've dabbled with this. Like, I, this isn't for me. Yeah, I would say she's kind of the only one I can think of. Just, and I'm also not like a reality TV expert. I know, like, my little, I'm not, I know my little fields, but that's, that's it. It seems like it is a characteristic of people. Like, one of the benefits of being on the show is that people know who you are. Exactly. It's such, I, I'm, I need to get, I've been like looking for like psychologists to come on the show so I can like interview them about what fame does to people's brains. That would be amazing. I'm so interested because I, I believe like firmly um, that it changes pathways in the brain because if you're never told no, if people make things happen for you that like you and I know would be very difficult to do, like shutting down a highway or whatever it is. um, And then just seen how when they finally do open up in interviews, how like out of touch they are. <laughs> That's how it, we, Troy and I discuss Justin Bieber all the time. We're like, is he actually a bad person or was he never told no? He was never told no. Right. And he was also like adopted by Scooter basically at 13 and was just thrown to the wolves. And we know what Scooter's done. Right. Exactly. I, even I know about him. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, yeah, I would say Justin Bieber's always my my thought with what you just said. I'm like, you know, he was caught saying racial slurs at a young age, but was it because he was young? You also, know, like, is everyone around you saying those slurs? Yeah. Like, I, I always say that, like, if you if you are saying something that awful, it's because you've heard it before and no one else reacted negatively to the other person mm-hmm. that you heard say it. Right. That's a good point. You too. weren't taught that it was a bad thing to do. Um, which tells me a lot about like the environment, like going back to Corey from Summer House. I'm like, he may have been raised in an environment where this was just what everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. And I have some empathy for like, now the question is now that he's out of that bubble and he's going to New York City and he's hanging out with my a more diverse group of people. Like, does that change? Is he more open minded? Or is he going to like stick to what he had before and no this has been like an awesome talk just so you know like it really like opened my mind up to a lot of things too so and the the fame thing though 
And I've only thought about it ever since seeing the Demi Lovato documentary, the one that was like on YouTube that was like hard to find. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like a fan of her music. I don't really follow her, but I was really curious because I was like, wow, like the, her story and Lamar Odom, like it's very rare for people to be on like an ECMO machine, go through multiple strokes and survive and are like walking and talking and performing again. Like that right. is like mind boggling to me how that physically is possible. Um, so I watched her her documentary and the thing that I like can't get out of my head is that when the like assistant so some 19 20 year old found her in her room and her lips were blue the first thing the assistant was instructed to do was call the security manager Mm -hmm. and that to me I was like wait but even okay let's say I was instructed to call the security manager in that scenario, I would have been like, oh, well, I'm going to call 911 and then I'll call the security manager, right? Like I would change it up because th- her lips are blue and it looks like she's possibly dying, right? And then not only that, they call the security manager and the security manager's instruction are like, okay, call 911, but tell them not to put the sirens on. Right. You don't get to tell emergency medical services how to provide those emergency like this is the public this is government this is not your special like hollywood whatever and they're like it's a regulation like we have to put the siren on and that's like how we get to you you know and that just to be more concerned with tmz finding out that she overdosed than the fact that she could lose her life was like oh she's surrounded by horrible people and what is it about Maybe they're not horrible people. Maybe they've been like in this environment where these are the normal decisions. And there's also, we talk about this a lot on our show. There's also the celebrities who are worth more dead. Honestly, I know that sounds so sick. Wait, explain this to me. I actually am not following. Um, okay. This sounds so bad. And I'm not. No, no, no. Say- no one's judging you here. Oh, this is, this okay. is, we're very also into like theoretical stuff. So like, yeah. this so is like say- theoretically. When Justin Bieber was going through wearing like an IV on his arm, right? Oh, I didn't know that he did that. Yeah, for a while because he had Lyme disease or whatever it was. Oh, God, don't get me started on that. So he has canceled his tours. He cannot tour. Justin Bieber will never do a full tour. And I've been saying that since pre-2020. He's just not mentally able to. And that's okay. But now he's not making money. Now he's not making money like that. Now he's not bringing in tour merch. He's not bringing in tour tickets. He's not doing all these things. He just sold his whole um, record catalog. So he doesn't even own his music anymore. He's not really worth much to Scooter right now. What happens if he dies? People will buy more of his music. People will buy his merch. People will want to do all these things. And who gets that money? His management. Uh... Or his estate, which I'm sure his management has a piece of. Oh, oh! And so is this why they? Sorry, I know like nothing about the music no, no, industry. No. Like, nothing. and again, this is all just theoretical, guys. Like, this is all alleged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, so musicians make so much from touring, but they make so much for the management company, and they make most of their touring money not through ticket sales, through merch sales. Really? His ticket sales will spe- pay back the venue. They'll pay back vendors. They'll pay back whatever. But the merch is yours. I see. Mm-hmm. So is there an example of a celebrity who's made more money for their management upon death? 
Like, is, I guess Michael Jackson's probably a good example. Yeah, I would say but probably. Maybe he's too I famous, mean, though. For sure. Michael Jackson would obviously be one. I mean, just look at Aaron Carter. After Aaron Carter passed, his streaming went way, way up. Really? Mm-hmm. And there's a new obviously, documentary I don't know, on I don't him. know about. Yeah, the documentary. I watched I, that. I'm not how saying was like. It? I thought it was done well. I wish that they gave, obviously, Aaron Carter, like, his flowers when he was alive. Because he did kind of start the whole, like, young kid movement. Um, But, yeah, his streams, obviously, I don't know, June 2023. But when he passed away, the next two or three weeks, like, he got a lot of streams from people playing his music. And it's not like he was in a mental state to be able to, like, come up Mm -hmm. with new music Mm -hmm. and put that out. Right. Was he even a place where he had management? Like when these people are so... I think like shady. I think shady. Yeah. Okay. Like when people are so down and out, it's like who's even running your shit? Like that they let it get to this level. Exactly. Oh my God. This is fascinating. Yeah. So I always think like even maybe Demi Lovato, because Demi's had their issues, right? Throughout Mm -hmm. the years. Demi also does not like to tour anymore. And I think it's kind of wild that all these singers are now saying that because I'm like, where's your your money? You don't make that much from streaming. But uh, do you think some of them are okay with just having the money that they have? I'm sure some like Miley Cyrus, I think is a boss bitch. Where like, I think Miley Cyrus has her family around her and they know the business. But say someone like Justin Bieber who doesn't have that. It's way different. Miley Cyrus also seems to me as someone who's a little more entrepreneurial, like just the fact that she was doing the New Year's Eve. And again, I don't know anything about these people, like Mm -hmm. shows me like, wow, she can she can be a host rather than just like a singer on her own. And she's an actress as well as someone who sings like she's got multiple talents. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm always wondering, like, does someone ever become so famous and have so much money that they're like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to do more. I mean, I'm sure, you know, like Julia Roberts was gone for a while. Right. Like she had a family. Sandra and, Bullock. Mm, Sandra Bullock is a good one, right? For a while. But these are also people who can step right back, no issue, right? Like when we the see the name is so recognizable. Mm-hmm. Je- uh, Jennifer Lawrence took a long break. Yes. Which was necessary because she was becoming like very oversaturated for us, but. She's another one who, you know, took a step back and now she's coming out with a new movie and doing more interviews again. It's interesting to see which celebrities can take a step back and come back and which ones can't. Who's taking a step back and hasn't been able to come back? I don't know. After I said that, I'm like, who can I say? (laughs) But like, we wouldn't know, right? Because they just never came back. Right. We don't know if it was on their own accord or if they were like trying to to finagle their way if they were just jacks tailoring it like just forcing it (laughs) fame is such an interesting thing it's it you know um yeah it makes people do power and fame can make people do weird things and when you find someone who's so famous but is still kind to everyone around them and knows the name of everyone that they work with and doesn't make people's lives harder just to make their own easier. I'm like, wow, like what about their brains and their sociology and psychology is different because this fame drug seems to make people rotten. Who maybe I am sure. 
weren't I'm, otherwise. I am sure if I got to Justin Bieber level fame at 18, I would be the worst version of myself. Yeah, right? It's like the everywhere, everything, everywhere all at once, like all the different versions of yourself and how you may be different if you had taken different life paths. And I firmly believe like in the age that you become famous, people always say, or the age that you start drinking like heavily if you're an addict, like that's the age that you stop maturing and you stop developing. You're like stunted Mm -hmm. in some way. And look at Lindsay Lohan, you know, that's another one where it's like, is she like that or was she just famous too young with no one saying no? And she also had Michael and Dina Lohan as parents. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All these parents. It's like, who has good parents? Who has? I genuinely think Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah. 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 Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> they, they all seem to like, like trust management too much. That's it this seems very Sorry. Go go ahead. I was going to say very random, but I think Dakota and Elle Fanning have good parents. Oh, that's... Because Dakota... Ones. Troy and I just talked about this this last episode. She was acting alongside Denzel Washington when she was like seven. She was no joke of an actress yeah. at seven. And she took a step back, but I think she could actually come back if she wanted. No problem. People know the name. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you know the name well enough... If it's said enough times, like in Oscars and, you know, different award ceremonies, yeah. like and the general public knows it, then it's a whole other beast. And the thing about acting is like, you don't have to be on social media for people to know you. They can see you through your work. And the hard part about reality TV is not enough people watch. And mm-hmm. so to get the, unless you're like a Kardashian, you need to have the social media presence in order to make the money and get the fame. It can't just For be sure. the show on its own. And that mm-hmm. must be fucking exhausting. Cause like, and it's part of the job and contract. Like you have to tweet about it on certain days and you have to like, I don't know, contractually yeah. obligated to, Oh, it just all sounds so terrible. I would just, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I've never wanted it. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for joining. This is such a fun conversation. Um, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to Beyond the Blinds. Um, anything else you want to plug? You've got merch. I do. We do have some merch. We're working on some new merch. But Mandy, thank you so much for having me. Like this was really even like eye opening. Like after this, <laughs> I'm gonna have to sit and think about some of my own thoughts. Um, <laughs> but you can- you can find me on Instagram at Laguna underscore Biatch on Twitter. It's Laguna Biatch IG. And then Beyond the Blinds is streaming wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my gosh. Going to have to have you come back and talk about, like, I don't know, a deep dive I'll- on something unrelated. Yeah, whatever you want. Let's this do is that. so fun. I like this fame conversation. I'm, I'm so fascinated by it. Thank you. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. <laughs>